0: This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. A new week and a new week
1: closer to the football season, perhaps. A new week closer to the return of sports like Major League Baseball, the NBA. ...and the NHL, while other sports continue. NASCAR, golf, UFC, coming off a big weekend in those three events. At the very least, soccer is back uh, as well for you football fans. A new shield from the shield. Will it protect from the coronavirus? Will it allow for the NFL to play? And this is the ability of the NFL, with all the money, to try to come up with something that maybe others cannot. Do NFL players care about facilities or stadiums? We're going to get to that a little bit later on the show for the franchise tag questions come into play as we head to the deadline with Yannick Ngakwe and other players around the NFL. Kingfish Tournament Week. Tiger Woods is back. Oh, we got a lot to get to here on a Monday edition of Action Sports Jacks on ESPN six ninety. Brent Martino, once again from Hoover, Alabama. I've got the window down in the car doing the show, watching a baseball game. That's the setting here, uh, where the SEC lives, where the SEC is meeting today with athletic directors to try to figure out what's going to go on in the fall. Meanwhile, Action Sports Jack Studios presents Austin Lane and Coos. What's happening, man? Hope you had a good. Weekend.
2: I had a great weekend, man. You couldn't get like, some kind of like VIP credential to go to that SEC meeting for us?
1: Uh, I tried like heck. I couldn't do it. Uh, well, it's a secretive meeting uh, so far, but uh, we're right around the corner from it, so if anything does happen, uh, I've got my ears up. Ready to go to work for uh, ESPN 690 and CBS 47 and Fox 30. But I'm literally like a driver away from where they play the SEC Baseball Championship. Of course, did not this year because of uh, COVID-19. But that is happening right here in Hoover, Alabama. we got a baseball game as well. Appreciate uh, you guys back there uh, while we uh, watch uh, one of the final tournaments for the kids uh, this week. And I'll be ducking out early. Ties on the bump today, man. He's got the mound here on a Monday.
2: How's he feeling? Nervous? Anxious? Excited?
1: What are we talking about here? I will tell you this. I do not know how other parents feel. I don't know how well you think you know your kids. Uh, I don't know how well you think you know Ronan. Mm. I cannot read Ty at all. He doesn't Uh, say uh, much. uh, He doesn't look like he has a pulse half the time. He might be full of butterflies and nerves and just doesn't show it. Uh, but he does like the pitch, and, and he's not really a pitcher by trade, but he's been doing a pretty good job. And uh, they got to win a game, though, no doubt. It's kind of must-win territory these uh, next few days to get to the bracket. Uh, but uh, he'll be on the boat. He had a big breakfast, i tell you that. Went to high hop. <laughs> okay. And uh, I-, I like to share this picture of the breakfast he ate. This omelet was massive. Uh, it might have weighed as much as Thai. And uh, then some chocolate chip pancakes. So he <laughs> ate most of it. So he should have a full belly at least. Maybe oh, it'll get him up to like 65 and... miles an hour.
2: Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> I'm sure that's going to go down nicely in the 90 plus degree heat on a nice summer's day. That's four 10,000 calories. But, uh, I guess if you know, it's it four, four hours gone. Tell you yeah. that, with the high high Listen, man. And like the 90 pounds, you need the fuel. Share this
1: pick Got to get the fuel. So, uh,. We'll we'll see what happens. Uh, Like I said, we might break the radar gun today after that breakfast, maybe get up to 65 miles an hour. Uh, We'll see what happens (laughs) and if they can uh, handle it. By the way, huge day here at uh, Cox Media Group at all of our stations. And a big salute to Rich Jones from WOKB 104.5. Of course, you know him. And he leads the charge on this. But it's a station initiative, uh, even helping out on the TV side as well. And we're going to help out not only today but all week long. And we'd love for you to help out and help out the kids uh, supporting the child cancer Fund. It is Carathon once again. They're off to a great start here on a Monday. Uh, you can be a part of it. Uh, you can help us out all week long. And uh, just text the word Forever to 41444, and we will continue to give details. The word Forever to 41444 all week long. You can make donations. You can bid on silent auction items. Uh, and uh, it's going to be a big week to help out the kids from Child Cancer Fund. Uh, Austin will share some stories. Uh, you know, as an athlete, you can. Really make an impact on kids and families and bring a smile to a kid's face in a tough time. And uh, anyone that uh, knows kids that have had to deal with cancer, families that had to deal with cancer, it's such a tough thing. Uh, So Carathon goes a long way to help those families, and uh, those smiles mean a big thing, and and helping out the payments also mean a big thing.
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, having played for the Jaguars for a couple years, we worked with the Ronald McDonald House, um, you know, and I got to meet a bunch of great kids. Um, you know, we we took visits to the Children's Hospital here in Jacksonville as well. Um, met a special girl by the name of Ellie, and uh, you know she she was battling um, you know her her own issues with cancer and everything like that. Proud to report that she's okay today. But um, yeah, it's just it, it really it really put things in perspective for me. Whether it's at the Ronald McDonald House or the Children's Hospital, just like, you know, when you're when you're fresh on the scene in Jacksonville and and you're complaining about, you know, going through two days and stuff and the heat. But then you see what these kids go through on a daily basis, but not only the kids, but also their families, man. um, It definitely put things in perspective for me of just, you know, how blessed that I was to obviously you know being able to play football number one but also kind of share these memories with some of these kids here and just try to brighten their days a little bit so obviously it's not just the kids that get affected but it's also the families you know that have to put their kind of work aside and things like that to try to make sure that they're they're there for their children as well so it affects everybody
1: Yeah, I want you to share a little bit more of that and more of the role of current Jags players, athletes all over, and how much that helps and what you've seen. You've been a part of it. So uh, a little bit later on the show, as we continue to talk about Carathon 2020, presented by Duval Asphalt, uh, you can share some of those thoughts, and you can really make a difference uh, in the life of a child and a family uh, battling cancer. So uh, the website's uh, childcancerfund.org. Again, text the word FOREVER to 41444 and uh, be a part of it. Also, you go to carathon20.givesmart.com. We'll give out a lot of this information if you're not catching on the first go-around. Uh, or even just go to ESPN690.com, and you can click the Carathon story for the online auction. And we'll go over some of the online auction items as well. Rich Jones is going to join us in a little bit uh, to talk more about that. So uh, we will continue to uh, do our part to, to help the kids and the families uh, battling cancer uh, in the uh, Jacksonville area and the Child Cancer Fund. So uh, I think uh, uh, it's a great cause. It's a lot of good people uh, doing a great thing this week. So. Um, Hopefully you can be a part of it. Let's talk some sports, man. Uh, This Shield, did you see that? By the way, I forgot to mention in in the lead there, Russell Westbrook testing positive COVID-19. We'll talk about that. Uh, Does it matter now that some of these big star players are getting it? Does that make a difference in anybody's mind? Uh, So we'll talk a little bit about Russell Westbrook, who obviously has been a story this afternoon. But I I wanted to start with the Shield a little bit. The NFL is coming up with uh, basically... uh, you know, you know the shield that we've seen on a helmet. Some players have worn them, like the visors. Sure. And the hope is that does something from a comfortability standpoint, but also a protection standpoint for the player. So <laughs> do you think this will be a thing? No. Do you think this is something that people will buy into? I mean, J.J. J. Watt's been pretty adamant that, hey, I I, I can't play with that. I can't yeah. play with that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, how do you feel about that? Would you have worn something like this as a player?
2: Absolutely not. No, there, there is no way that you're going to put that shield thing across my mouth if I'm playing a football game. Now, now listen, I don't want to come across as, well, that's a kind of a sense of entitlement right now, but you have to understand how f- f- football helmets are really set up here, right? Where, yeah, there's a lot of guys that wear the visor across, and that's fine. But anytime that you cover, like, the mouth portion – Um, It's going to affect you as a player. Like, listen, there's a reason why predominantly a lot of guys, especially when I played on the defensive line, chose not to wear a mouth guard, and I was one of them. The last time I ever wore a mouth guard playing football was in high school. I didn't wear one in college. I didn't wear one in the pros. Now, I understand that, you know, that the use of a mouth guard obviously protects your teeth, number one, but it can help you with concussions, number two. That's fine. I could breathe better without a mouth guard than I could wearing it. And at the end of the day, that was like kind of like the competitive advantage that I wanted to add to myself, okay, because when you're on a eight, nine, ten-play drive, and you're sucking wind, man. The last thing that you want to do is have to worry about like your breathing get affected. And I feel like with this mask that goes across your mouth, at least the way I think it was Oakley, um, who's making these things, presented it. I think it's going to be met with a lot of criticism and a lot of blowback from the players.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Let me ask you something about the mouthpiece first, because. To me, that kind of sounds like, and I don't know, you you, you know the equivalent, um, is that kind of like not wearing a cup in baseball? I mean, it, it, you're kind of at your own risk type of thing. I mean, a lot of guys get knocked in the mouth with a lot of jaws and yeah. teeth, and and I mean, they made some, I think, not only the concussion standpoint, but it, it kind of had other impact. Like, it helped other things, some of the mouthpieces they've come up with in the last 15 or 20 years, but is it, is it equivalent to that? Like, hey... Uh, You know, protect yourself at your own risk Uh, in baseball, obviously, if you you don't wear a cup well, you're opening yourself up to,
2: ouch. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. I mean, in in terms of, you know, like how the athletic trainers and everybody feels about it, I mean, listen, mouth guards have come a long way, I mean, in the past 20 years or so, right? So, I mean, you know, they're obviously fitted to your, um, you know, to your exacts. Specification. So, like, they're comfortable and everything, but at the same time, it's harder to breathe in with a mouth guard than it's not to have one. So, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I don't know what the percentage of guys now that wear them to don't wear them, but I'm just speaking from my perspective and my teammates' perspective that I played with couldn't stand wearing them. And we accepted the risks, and everyone kind of knew about that. I mean, to be fair, um, there was one point at Murray State where I played without one where at night – I could kind of like feel like the nerves, and this is gonna be kind of graphic a little bit, but I could feel like the, 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 the nerves in my teeth kind of like getting jolted and dying out a little bit. So like at night, I'd be laying there with like my teeth just aching, and I'd actually have to like bite like a wooden spoon, like i have to, I have to bite like my pillowcase to try to ease some of the pain a little bit. So it felt like I was teething, kind of like I was a baby, man. <laughs> so I had to do that for a couple of weeks, but then the, the pain obviously went away. But that's kind of the – that's the risk that you accept, obviously. But my, my big point is, obviously, it's the breathing factor. And I feel like if you put a mask over your mouth like that, whether it's plastic, vented, you name it, I feel like that's going to be more of an issue. I mean, even in hockey, you know, even in hockey growing up, you had two options. You you wore the plastic cage uh, uh, on your helmet or you wore, the, like, the, like, the steel – Metal cage, which you, you kind of see in college hockey a little more. Well, a lot of guys in college wear that steel metal cage just because, obviously, it's easier to breathe than having that plastic there. Now, when you get to the NHL, I mean, if you wear a, a mask or if you wear like a face covering, you're kind of considered, you know, weak. So no one really does it. But I mean, that's it's just it's the little things, Brent. You know, when when you're trying to make a team or you're trying to be an all pro or you're just you're trying to make a play, not being fatigued is a big reason why. So that's why I'm so against. I think I think it was Oakley. Like I said, bringing out this mask thing.
1: Let me ask you this, though, real quick. One last thought uh, on it. I mean, there's not too much to dive into here. I just think it's interesting. And at least if there are some players super concerned about it, maybe someone that would try it out. I mean, it's just an option. It doesn't look like it's going to, I, I don't think yet it will be a mandatory thing. I think they're going to try it out. They're going to give it to some players and player reps. Now, it's one thing if they make it absolutely mandatory. But if it's an optional thing to wear, uh, is that a big difference? It, it gives – it may ease the mind or give – some players have peace of mind. What it's supposed to do is protect against droplets of transmission, if that makes any sense. And so, uh, you know, they're just looking at a little saliva or spit or whatever being transmitted, uh, you know, in contact that this could prevent and maybe the prevent the passing of COVID-19. But if it's an optional thing, I mean, nothing wrong with that, wouldn't there be?
2: No, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it being optional, but then you have to think about it where you have to ask yourself what the goal is here. I mean, if you're trying to stop the spread of COVID-19, well, it doesn't really make sense to make it optional because then I feel like the amount of players who would actually wear it um, are probably going to be few and far between. If you make it mandatory and say, hey, this is going to be our step in trying to keep everybody safe and try to prevent everybody from getting COVID-19, well, now obviously everyone's got to wear it, but you're probably going to get a lot more blowback because now it's not an option anymore. I mean, I'm not sure what the right answer is per se. I'm just saying from what I know about NFL players and how they operate, they're not going to want something covering their mouths like that, at least most of them. Now, like, yeah, maybe if you're um, a skill position, maybe if you're like a third down running back, um, you know, punters, kickers, long sappers, like them, like we don't have to really rely on maybe a 10 or 12 play drive. I can see that. But I'm talking about for the guys in the trenches and even linebackers. I think it's kind of a different thing for them because once you get into that eighth, ninth, 10 play of the drive, you're going to be fatigued and tired and you want every advantage you can get.
1: Yeah, it makes some sense uh, coming from a guy who played the game, and I think that will probably be received in a similar fashion—not just from you or JJ Watt, but from a lot of players across the NFL. But it is a recent development. They're trying—you know—they're trying to use technology, trying to use science, trying to get the games played as we are two weeks away from the opening of training camp, two weeks away from the opening of high school football. Perhaps there is an emergency meeting next Monday, from what I'm hearing, so that could change the start date. Uh, nothing official, but we'll see in a week when it comes to high school football uh, what could happen with the high school football season. And again, up here in Hoover, Alabama, the SEC athletic directors are getting together and trying to figure things out. We should hear from Scott Strickland, the Florida Gators AD, tomorrow. He's going to meet with the so maybe he'll have some updated information on what the plan is with the college football season, especially in the SEC. We're gonna take a break. When we come back, I wanna talk more Jags. I want to do something we haven't really done in, in quite a bit and, and maybe not all in this off season. Uh, talk a little bit about the AFC South. Just a couple of quick thoughts. Who do you think is gonna win the division? And what major surprises might we see in the division? Just some thoughts on that. I wanna remind you, Carathon twenty twenty is underway childcancerfund.org. You can go to ESPN690.com for more information. You can text the word FOREVER to 41444 to donate. We'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Thanks for hanging with us here on a Monday. Hey, happy Monday, everybody, here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN at 690. Thanks for hanging with us. Brent Martineau here in Hoover, Alabama, on the road, watching a little baseball and... Uh, doing a little radio. Love to be with you. Thanks for being with us. Austin Lane, Kuz back in the Action Sports Jacks studios. And it's a special day at Cox Media Group. We're going to get to it in a moment. We're also going to get to some topics around the AFC South. Who do you think will win the AFC South? And also, what are some surprises that could happen in the AFC South? I have some thoughts on that. But before we do that, it's Carathon 2020. And the guy in charge of it all leading the charge for cox media group and all our cluster of radio stations including 104.5 wokv and here on espn 690 it's rich jones you listen to him in the morning of course and now you're listening to him right now on espn 690 rich what's happening man
0: hey brent austin and uh coos how you guys doing i was listening driving over here and i love the story that uh austin told about that young girl that he met and she made an impact on him Those are the things that fuel us every single year with Carathon. Austin, I'm a 1,000% with you. I think of so many kids that we've met through the years, and I tell you, to hear and to see their stories of survival, how they have done, it motivates us year after year. And that's why we were so proud to celebrate that we've raised a billion dollars year to date since 2015 to just this morning. But we need more help for kids and families in Northeast Florida.
1: Incredible. Good for you. Good work. And uh, listen, here's one of the deals that I love about what we're able to do. I've been wanting to do this since I was 12 years old. And one of the cool things about it is it gives us a platform to help give back, to help give back to the community, uh, to help raise funds for kids like this uh, and families like this that need the help. uh, And the Child Cancer Fund, uh, super uh, organizations that, that help out the community. Austin obviously played football. He's a professional athlete. What a platform to be able to give back. But, Rich, give us your story a little bit and your connection to the Child Cancer Fund. Uh, why does it mean so much to you? Why have you spearheaded this the way you have? And, and congratulations on the big milestone uh, this morning.
0: Well, thank you for that, first of all. Secondly, I think it's because it's so local and because the Child Cancer Fund is unique in that it is essentially operated by families who have been in the fight. There is one paid staff member, the executive director Carla Montgomery, whose son Graham is a cancer survivor. He's thriving, he's doing well, he's off at school, and he's got a great future ahead of him. And there's one person, but behind her are dozens and dozens and dozens of volunteers, people who have been in the fight, whose children have made it through, in some cases, Who haven't made it sadly and while the survival rate from pediatric cancer is in the neighborhood of 80 percent certainly there is a percentage that don't make it and yet these families continue to give and work to pay it forward so when we were connected in 2014 early 2015 with this local organization i thought what better way to be able to really put skin in the game and say this is as direct as it gets And it is not to say that the other charities that are in our community or the other healthcare institutions are not critically important. The research that's done at the Mayo Clinic, the work that's being done at the Proton Institute at UF Health Jacksonville, the level of care that uh, pediatric cancer uh, patients get at both Wolfson and Moore's Children's Specialty Care, and even the J Fund, with the NFL backing and Tom and everyone else from the Coughlin family on down, The Child Cancer Fund is this organization that really has surrounded the family with financial assistance when they need it most. So I'm sitting here at the pediatrician's office. My son has an ear infection. I'm going to take him in, and I kind of have this weird, helpless feeling of I hope he's not in pain anymore. Thankfully, we can afford treatment, and we can afford our bill. But I tell you, when a kid is in the cancer fight and having to go to clinic every week and having to go through chemotherapy, one of the spouses usually, when a cancer diagnosis comes for a child, has to stop working because they have to take the child to treatment so often. Kids then fall behind in school and they need tutoring. It, it's an organization that keeps the family together, and it's your financial contributions from gas cards to gift cards, to helping with grocery, to helping with uh, other medical bills and other needs that come, to paying the mortgage, to keeping their JPA bill on if they're starting to fall behind. That, to me, really solidified it of why I know that this is going to make a big difference to people, because it's as local as it gets. This is essentially making a donation, and handing out money to someone who is desperately in need. And you now have an organization that is making that uh, connection because they're taking the phone call. Every year in our community, guys, about 115 families get a pediatric cancer diagnosis. And it's not a six-month thing usually. It's usually a multiple-year journey for these families. And so the need for financial assistance Continues to compound year after year after year. I could go on forever and five years of doing this with Tarathon have been touched so much by the level of support that the families who have been in the fight and again have won in most part, but in some cases have not won and not been successful. They still donate their time, effort, and talents to the Child Cancer Fund because the impact that this organization made when they needed it most. Austin, I want
1: you to jump in here in a moment, but let me just reset things. You can text FOREVER to 41444 to help. Also, childcancerfund.org. Plenty of information about silent auction items and how you can help at ESPN690.com. Rich Jones from 104.5 WOKV here with us, uh, spearheading Carathon 2020 like he's done since 2015. Austin, it's an awesome cause.
2: Yeah, man. And and listen, I share a little bit of this story. Um, And what I love about this cause right here is the fact that I mean, obviously, it's going to help the treatment out as well, but it's going to help the families. And I think if I read, and correct me if I'm wrong, Rich, but also it's going to, uh, some of the money's going to go towards textbook for helping ed- educate the patients, right? I mean, obviously, they're not in school right now, but they're going to buy textbooks, so they're still learning. There's going to be tutors there. So um, it just, your, your money can go so far, and just in terms of helping out, um, you know, a kid, it helps out help the family, it helps out a lot of things. And yeah, Brent, you know, I shared this story a little bit of meeting Ellie in the hospital, and, You know, it really touched me, obviously, and this is why I'm obviously campaigning for this. I'm sharing it out, and hopefully everybody sees it, but it's just, it really puts things in perspective, you know, and if you think you have it good, that's fantastic. Why not help out a less fortunate family and kind of have their back as well right now, especially, you know, with the landscape of COVID-19, everything like that. Yeah, well, and you really consider
0: well COVID-19, guys, I mean, this is a, a time where families are really worried about the uh, the, the potential that their children who already are autoimmune compromised, who are uh, already in the fight and already uh, are at a point where they're most vulnerable. Now you add to that a pandemic and the potential impacts there. Now you're worried about ppe equipment and you have to have Clorox wipes uh you have to have uh liquid alcohol you need to have all these things on top of all of the other uh stuff that you need to have to get your kid to and from treatment safely and healthy and every single day that those costs add up think about this there are families that drive from southeast georgia to nemours children's specialty care uh, you're on the road right now, Brent. It probably took you, what, two tanks of gas, maybe a tank and a half to get there and back. That's a bit of a haul, but imagine once a week for an entire year how many thousands of dollars in in bills that you're going to have from lunch and dinner, the gas that piles up, and then eventually you're going to catch up on groceries. That's where your donation to the Child Cancer Fund of the Carathon can help uh, to keep the families together during those really, really rough moments when they don't know where else to turn.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Every little bit helps uh, for the Child Cancer Fund. And it's Carathon 2020. Rich Jones hanging with us. So let me just keep you one more minute here, Rich, and we'll continue to spread the word. And this isn't just a one-day thing. It's an all-week thing. Uh, But you guys have been challenged in putting this together. This is different this year, right, Uh, with COVID-19. How has it changed, and how impressed are you with everything that's coming together to still make an impact, even though uh, you can't do so many things that you normally would do? In person?
0: Well, because every dollar counts, I'm, I'm really proud to say that we're already more than $125,000 thankful because it's $125,000 that's going to go toward helping families. So we're already 125,000 steps ahead of where we were just yesterday. So first of all, the Northeast Florida, thank you. And know that no amount is too small. There are big numbers that are thrown around. And like, hey, so-and-so donated $1,000. $10 can make a huge, Huge difference. And consider this if you challenge all of your coworkers, we're on Zoom meetings and Microsoft Teams meetings multiple times during the week. How about get a little uh, action going and, and, and challenge each other at work? Everyone pitch in $10 this week, and as opposed to the lottery pool Friday, imagine how many hundreds of dollars could be raised for local families by just giving up a couple of Starbucks coffees this week and you can make that difference. The biggest change Brent honestly is the hardest one for me which is not being able to engage with the families. Historically, we're broadcasting live from the boars over the course of 13 hours in a day. We hear the stories, we see families who are coming in for treatment, we see the worry on their faces, they go in, we see the kids laughing and giggling on the way out because they had a good experience. Surprisingly enough, it's actually a good experience because of the child life specialist Miss Jolly, who makes the world much better for these kids, her salary is paid for completely through donations to the Child Cancer Fund. I miss that. We've had to reboot our plan, and we've taken it more to a virtual platform, which is why we're here on all the Cox Media Group stations. We're throwing all resources into it for an entire week because we know that we can do a lot collectively with all of us telling these stories over and over again. But that's the biggest change is we just can't be there with the kids and the families and the caregivers. I miss that. We're still sharing their stories every morning on WOKB, and we're trying to share them on ESPN690.com and through forums like this. Uh, it's just not the same as being there. The energy that you feel from the kids, but hopefully we're able to encapsulate just a little bit of that energy and try to do everything we can to help these families out. Again, guys, no amount is too small. Ten bucks can go a really, really long way.
1: Well, let's provide a little energy for it. I'm, I'm On behalf of ESPN 690 Action Sports Jacks. we're going to uh, make a $250 donation with Rich here on the line because he does such a fantastic right. job with it to Child Cancer Fund. And we challenge everybody to donate. It doesn't have to be $250. It could be 10 25 50 whatever you want. Uh, but make sure you go to childcancerfund.org, text the word forever to 41444 again easy information on espn690.com they have awesome silent auction items we'll talk about those throughout the rest of the day and the week but 2020 carathon presented by duval asphalt we're going to try to do our part 250 bucks toward the child cancer fund and a challenge to all our listeners and viewers on facebook twitter and youtube and twitch and more uh, to jump in the conversation and uh, whatever you can do whether again it's 10 bucks 100 bucks uh, please help make a donation And uh, we'll try to get that ball rolling even further down the road than it already is. Rich, keep up the good work, man. We'll spread the word all week long. And can't wait to see where this thing lands uh, from a dollars raise total later in the week.
0: We appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much for your support. You got
1: it. Uh, so Rich Jones from 104.5 WOKV. Uh, it's it's awesome to be able to give back and help out and, and use the platforms, and uh, we appreciate all our listeners and viewers uh, jumping in on it as well, even just to hear the story. If you can't donate, that's okay. We know where your heart is. Uh, we appreciate you listening to Rich and, and how you can help, and uh, if you can help, uh, we appreciate if you did. Again, ESPN690.com for more info. Text the word FOREVER to 41444. Uh, that might be the easiest way uh, to donate here today and the rest of the week. All right. Austin Lane, what here's the deal. Yep. They never start games early. They started this one early. <laughs> I, I, we're already in the first inning here. You're, you're, and, so does that mean you have to go a little early here? You're going to call an audible? I'm going to probably – here's the deal. I'm going to call an audible. I'm going to go a little early. Okay. We hope the game gets over quick and Ty makes uh, quick work of these guys. Absolutely. And then I can come bounce back in on the show at the tail end. I didn't know if I'd be able to do that, but I might be able to now. That they started a good 25 minutes early.
2: All right, man. Well, we're, we're going to be holding it down for you here. And if you come back, we'll be here. For, hopefully, we don't get shut down by the FCC. I don't say something too stupid. So expect nah. us to be
1: on by the time you get back. It might be the last time you say it, but they can't shut the show down that quick. I don't <laughs> Good think. To Maybe Coos can. Good um, to
2: know
1: then. <laughs> hey, by the way, um, uh, also we're, when we come back here, we'll talk a little bit about the AFC South. Uh, I want to give one thought on the AFC South. This is where I was going with. It. I yeah. think Indianapolis is the team to beat because I believe Philip Rivers is going to bounce back. That's my big thought on the AFC South. If he doesn't, then I think they're pretty average. But if he's good and he's motivated and he's got a chip and he's got Jonathan Taylor behind him now and that offensive line and they take a little pressure off him, I think Phillip Rivers bounces back. And I I told you months ago, I have him as a Super Bowl team, actually. Bit of a surprise pick, but that's all based on Rivers playing well. My other surprise in the division is I really think Houston falls apart. I think they're a little older on defense. I don't think things work well. I just think they're disconnected. Uh, They seem like it. They're disjointed from the entire offseason of Bill O'Brien to everything else. I don't think Bill O'Brien makes it through the season. I think they actually finish in last place in the AFC South. The Jaguars finish ahead of them, and uh, it's going to be a bad season for the Houston Texans. So those are my two big-time predictions of the AFC South. When we come back, I want to hear yours and and get you talking a little bit about the AFC South. Uh, But you've got it from here. A lot to get to. Uh, The franchise tag, facilities in general – any news that breaks, Russell Westbrook with COVID-19 and a little review from UFC 251. Want to get your thoughts on that, too. I'll be back with you a little bit later on. You take it from here, Austin. Lane. All right, man. We'll talk uh, to you later. On Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Most teams are expected to report to training camp July 28th. There's an increasingly pessimistic tone that I've heard around the league about whether or not that will actually happen. There are a lot of challenges ahead for the NFL and the NFL Players Association to make that reporting date happen. We all want to see it happen. But again, there's testing to figure out, there's protocols to figure out, and of course there are the financial ramifications to figure out. There's a lot of work to be done between now and then to make the start of training camp later this month a reality that right now looks like it's going to be increasingly challenging to get done.
2: Adam Schefter telling it like it is in terms of will training camp be started on time Or will there be a delay, kind of like it seems like every sport has had a little bit this year? Time will tell. And obviously all we have to go off of is what we read in the headlines. It's what we hear from the experts. And there's still a lot of questions that need to be answered. All while the fact that, you know, we're still living in the middle of a pandemic right now. All the fact that we're talking about 90 guys uh, from player perspectives that are on a roster that include the training staff, the coaches as well. How are they going to make it work? We'll see. Listen, I think if you're the NFL right now, you still have the advantage in them from the standpoint of you're you're still essentially starting out fresh. Yes, the draft looked a little different this past year. I get that. But right now, everyone's expecting, all right, well, we still have the NFL season. We still have the NFL season. We still have the NFL season. And obviously, with reports coming out on college campuses, on college football teams, people are starting to get hit to the game where it's like, well, maybe there's not going to be a football season. But I think in terms of the NFL, and take college out of it for a second, NFL, you know, they, they canceled the Hall of Fame game. That's fine. The Hall of Fame game, I think it was last year, it got canceled due to the fact that the the, the the surface they were playing on was just not up to standards, all right? So it's not the first time in NFL's history where the Hall of Fame game has been canceled. So as far as a red flag, eh, we can go and call it a little bit. But I think overall right now, all signs point to they're going to start on time. And I think if you're Roger Goodell, I think if you're the money-making machine that is the NFL, you have to focus on making sure everything starts on time because it kind of shows that, you know what? Yes, it's crazy right now in the world. Yes, it's crazy right now with the landscape of COVID-19, but we got it under control. We have the necessary protocols. Everybody remain calm. I think in order to keep everybody calm and optimistic – you have to start on time. So it'll be curious here in the next couple weeks or so, we get ramped up if there's going to be a delay or not. Austin Lane, Action Sports Jacks here on ESPN 690. My co-host, Brent Martino right now in Hoover, Alabama, watching his son Ty hopefully pitch nothing but a gem um, in terms of some Little League baseball action here. Hopefully Brent will be back on later on in the show Um The game was supposed to start at four, I think. The game started early for whatever reason. That's crazy, but I'm taking over for a while until Brent comes back, kind of like that Nick Foles situation last year against Kansas City. Foles goes down, next man up. Not saying I'm Gardner Minshew, but I'm saying that I'm not not Gardner Minshew at the same time, so we're going to be okay. Before Brent left, he kind of left us with a little bit of a thought here. Who is your favorite to win the AFC South Division, all right? The, the mighty AFC South Division. Brett Martineau went with the Indianapolis Colts, which I think is probably the favorite right now in terms of experts, in terms of analysis to say, well, you know what? Colts are always pretty solid. They have Phillip Rivers. He's been the Jaguars killer. He's been an AFC South killer. So one would think that the Colts would be the favorites. And you know what? I w- I'm not sure what the odds are at right now in Vegas and everything. But I think the Colts should be the favorites. I absolutely, I think from a talent perspective, I think from a coaching perspective, and obviously you're talking about one of the best offensive lines, if not the best offensive line in all of football. Okay? People want to say, well, Aaron Rodgers, I'm sorry, people want to say Phillip Rivers last year, what did he do? He had all these weapons. He had Keenan Allen. He had Mike Williams. Yeah, he, he had Austin Eckler, Melvin Gordon, and he couldn't get it done. That's true. But remember, who do he have blocking for him? Okay? Because... Philip Rivers is a lot of things, and he might be the illegitimate father of Josh Allen. We'll get to that later. They look exactly alike. I'm going to say it to the cows, come home. But in terms of Philip Rivers, the guy is not mobile, okay? And listen, he, he'll be the first one to tell you that. So if you can't buy Philip Rivers' time in the pocket, he's not going to do anything for you, okay? When we talk about the Indianapolis Colts, you can put Jacoby Brissett back there, all right? You can put... Justin Kuzart back there, our producer as far as I'm concerned, the point that I'm trying to make here, Coos, is you're going to have time to throw the football. Now, what you do with that time from your arm, I don't know what you got in the tank. But I'm oh, just interceptions saying, for But days. I was going to say, you're going to have time to do something, okay? And I that's, have so
0: much time to throw an interception.
2: <laughs> and that's what <laughs> Phillip Rivers uh, has there in Indianapolis. So I'm not mad at it, especially a strong running game. I'm going to take my AFC South favorite in a different direction. And thank the heavens right now that Brent Marno is no longer listening. He's no longer on the show because I know I'm only going to make him mad when I give him this team. But to me, it's a no brainer. Okay. And to me, right now, and Jaguars fans, once again, let's take the emotion out of it real quick. Okay. I don't want to see all the hate messages and all the hate phone calls. I mean, if you want to hate phone call me, so be it. We can go ahead and hash it out. That phone number is six, uh, star star six ninety or else cuz what's the real number? Cause I don't know it. And I've worked on the show for about two years now, still don't know it. Nine oh four three six two nine nine zero one. And that's why they're paying you the big bucks. I'm going to Tennessee Titans. Okay, now, I, before you turn off the radio, here's what I got to say about it. This is a crazy year of football coming up, right? The pandemic, a lot of distractions. Is he? Does he have COVID-19? Who's going to be in? Who's going to be out? Who's going to get hurt? Are these guys going to be in shape? When is it going to start? When you start throwing all these variables, okay, into this blender, and you mix it all up, and you pour that drink, the only teams that can consume that blender, that smoothiness of craziness um, are the teams that have everything under control and are the teams that don't have a lot of red flags and know exactly who they are. They have the stomachs to, to digest this smoothie of madness right now, what we're talking about this year in football. And if you want to talk about a team that has it, well, seemingly, seemingly now, all together – It's the Tennessee Titans. And the reason I say that is because when you talk about red flags right now, what are the red flags of the Tennessee Titans? Okay, because they have Derrick Henry coming back, and one would assume Derrick Henry, you saw him running hills on Instagram. The guy is going to come in shape. He always does. And he's coming off a monumental year. Oh, and by the way, this year he's playing for some more money. So let's go ahead and just assume that we're going to see the best version of Derrick Henry. That's not a red flag. A.J. Brown could have been, I mean, it was in the running for rookie of the year? A bona fide wide receiver, which we haven't really seen in Tennessee seasons, I don't know, Kevin Dyson and Derek Mason. Now all of a sudden you have A.J. Brown, who can play from the slot, can play on the outside. It seems like they found that, first, you know, the, the, that one receiver um, in A.J. Brown. So I think he's going to have a, a big year going forward. And I get what you're going to say. Well, what about the quarterback? What about the quarterback, Ryan Tannehill? I've been very adamant of how I feel about Ryan Tannehill, okay? I think when he was in Miami, he didn't have the pieces needed to succeed. He had one good year in Miami. Go back and check the numbers. But listen, the guy led his team to a lot of game-winning drives last year. Don't just tell me that, well, it was all Derrick Henry. It was all Derrick Henry. In case you forgot what happened last year with the Tennessee Titans, Derrick Henry didn't really take off until Ryan Tannehill came in, all right? So it's almost like they're – uh You know, it's almost like what came first, the chicken or the egg? I mean, is Derrick Henry better with Ryan Tannehill? Is Ryan Tannehill the reason why Derrick Henry? So whatever. The point is the fact that when they're both in the game at the same time, good things happen on offense. And you talk about a Tennessee Titans offense for the past decade, it seems like. That's always kind of been one-dimensional, running the ball, pound the rock, play good defense. Well, now you have A.J. Brown, all right? You have uh, you have – W. Smith at tight end, who seems to be promising, and you have obviously a great offensive line and a solid defense. That defense has always been there. So when you look at the red flags right now in the AFC South, listen, I can go right now to the Houston Texans and say, well, how is Deshaun Watson going to deal without having Hopkins there anymore? How is that running game going to work with David Johnson, who's had some injuries? Is Bill O'Brien just trying to take the entire season for some, you know, for some, I don't know, weird way? I don't know. There's so many question marks right now in terms of the Houston Texans. Can J.J. Watt pull out another year? You know, he's getting up there in age. They just they lost Clowney. How do you replace him? There's a lot of question marks right now on the Houston Texans. So I don't like them at all. Now, Brent Martino said that he predicts the Houston Texans, well, I think, will finish third. I'm sorry, we will finish fourth, actually, and the Jaguars third. I'm not going to go that crazy with it, but I just think right now, with everything going on, you have to rely on identity, and you have to rely on coaching, and you have to rely on what's got you there in the past. And I think right now, that's the perfect combination for the Tennessee Titans to kind of finish where they left off last year. Not to say Phillip Rivers is going to be the difference maker in Indianapolis, but I come from the school where I'm going to believe it when I see it. So we'll see what's up. My, I got the Tennessee Titans winning the AFC South this year. America. We are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu.